Thank you, Lord. You know, he never, ever stops working in our lives. He never stops being good. His mercy, his love, his his grace, it just never stops flowing towards us. And this morning I was down the beach early and I was standing um, at the bottom of Sunset Bar, you know, just before North of the Rocks. There's a heap of rocks that are there and I was standing sort of at the top of the rocks um, and there was a current sort of going from the top right down to the bottom of the ocean and whether it was from high tide or just from the drain, but this current was just going and I was standing on top of the rocks and God spoke to me and He said, you know, you didn't do anything to make that current start flowing. You didn't go and get a hose or you didn't get your shovel and start digging it so it would flow. And that's the way His love and His compassion and His mercy is towards us, us as His believers, as His sons and daughters. You know, we don't do anything to make that happen. Our job is to position ourselves in the Word, position ourselves in His promises. Amen. And His compassion and His love and His mercy will just continue to flow to us because He's always good. He's only good. Amen. Thanks, team. Let's just give the team a hand, guys. They serve so faithfully. Well, who enjoyed a bit of time off around uh, Resurrection Sunday and Good Friday? Did anyone get any time off? Yeah. We, um, we went camping for a few nights and that was interesting. <laughs> kind of battle the elements out there. <laughs> Just share a quick story. Um, I started to feel itching in my back when we were camping and I was like, what's this? And I thought, maybe I've got a tag in my, in my T-shirt. What is this? And so I've kind of gone to pull out the tag and pulled out a massive cockroach. It's in my back. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, where did that come from? <laughs> but we had heaps of fun. Amen. So uh, Pastor Pete's been pre- um, speaking on uh, the prayerful church. You know, we should be a people of prayer. Amen. Who knows that when the church prays, things shift, things change. Amen. We're called to pray his kingdom come and his will be done. That's our job. A loudspeaker doesn't come down from heaven and say, thou shall sue. No, we're his voice on the earth. Amen. And we should all be about that, praying his kingdom come, his will be done. Someone said... Uh, Resurrection Sunday is kind of like the grand final for the Christians. (laughs) I thought that was quite funny. And we can be um, celebrating his resurrection power in our lives every single day. It didn't stop on Good Friday. Amen. He rose again and we rose with him. The Bible says we're seated with him in heavenly places. And that's just an amazing truth. Really enjoyed fellowshipping um, with the Holy Spirit actually over this last week about the message that he would have me bring And it really is about new life in Christ. And, you know, if we don't ever go after the newness of life that God paid for, that Jesus died for, all we're left with is a bunch of rules. All we're left with is what we're not to do, who we're not. There's so much more than that. Who knows there's more to the Christian life than just resisting the devil? Amen. You know, growing up, I found Christianity too hard. I grew up in a Christian home, but I I was kind of bound by this really religious mindset. And I just thought, oh man, this is just too hard. I don't know if I can do this. I never knew anything about the new life that we're saved to. Amen. And I just remember, you know, there was a time when I felt so weighed down about what I was supposed to be doing. I just thought, "I I don't know how I can do all this, God. And I remember going to visit a friend, a Christian friend, and, 
And I was sitting at her table and, you know, she made me a cup of tea and I just started crying and she was kind of like... And she didn't really know what to say, but one thing she did say, and I'll always remember it, she said, you know, I don't know exactly what's wrong and I'm not sure what the answer is, but I know that Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Jesus didn't come to bring bondage and restrictions. He came to liberate us. And I'm just going to read that verse out in Matthew 28, 11 and 30. And it says, you know, we're all so familiar with this verse, but let's just get a fresh revelation of it this morning. Amen. And it says, come to me. And I'm just going to stop there because when we were camping, I woke up with those three words on my heart one morning. Just the fact that Jesus said, come. You know, when we're, when we're going through stuff, he's not like, oh, go and do a one, two, three-step process and then maybe you'll go and get better. You know, he says, come to me. You know, the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Who is truth? Jesus is the way, the truth of the life. So knowing Jesus is where we can be free. Amen. So Matthew 11, 28, 30 says, Come to me all who labour and are heavy laden, the Amplified says, overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I love this next part. It says, For I am gentle and lowly in heart. We see his nature there. He's gentle and he's lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. That's such an amazing verse. And, you know, something that I do quite often in my life, if there's something going on in my life that doesn't line up with his character and who he is, I know he doesn't want it there. It's kind of like a focal point of what should be going on in my life. You know, we're all in the process of things breaking off and and breakthrough in different areas. But just know if there's something in your life that's not good, it shouldn't be there forever. Amen. So, you know, he gave us of himself. He gave us his Holy Spirit and we can now live life in the Spirit. Um, And these are my points. I'll share my points and then we'll pray before we really get into the Word. So... I'm going to be speaking about um, what we have as believers, as born-again believers, um, and that always comes from what he's done, not what we've done. Um, The second point I'm going to be talking about is who we are in Christ. I'm going to go into a little bit of identity. This is really important for us as believers to know who we are in Christ. Um, And then the third point I'm going to be bringing is releasing what, or more importantly, who we have inside of us for those around us. Amen. So just going to pray over the word this morning. And guys, you know, as I'm reading the word this morning, just remember that God's word is alive and it's powerful and it's active. We're not just reading some kind of book. You know, as I'm speaking God's word out over your life, it's got the power to create something in your life. It's got the power to bring change. Amen. So Father God, we just thank you for the word this morning, Lord. Father, we thank you that our hearts are open this morning to receive from you, Lord God. And Father, I just thank you that you bring out of me, Father, what, uh, what needs to be said this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here ministering among your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's start with uh, what we have. So what we have as believers, as born-again believers, always comes from what he's done. Um, the power of his resurrection. We know that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, That word destroy, I love it. It's not just like, oh, kind of, you know, stop it a little bit. No, he came to destroy the works of the devil for the believers. Um, And, you know, when we talk about what uh, the enemy did in Adam, 
you know, versus what God did in Jesus. It's so much greater what God did in Jesus for the believers, much more, much greater. And I go to Romans 5.17 and it says, For if by one man's offence death reigned through the one, much more those who have received, let's have a look what we've received, an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Christ Jesus. And, you know, it's like if I stood out in a body of water and I had a really big rock and it dropped and splashed and then I had a really little rock. I'm not saying something didn't happen, you know, when Adam sinned in the garden, but what God did through Jesus is so much more. Amen. It made so much more of an impact in the lives of us believers. Um, So let's... Let's have a look at the scriptures, and um, we're going to turn to John chapter one to start with. We're going to turn to John chapter one. Who brought their Bibles? Ah, uh, Danielle. Well done. <laughs> John chapter one. Sorry, I forget it's not interactive. I like when people talk back. <laughs> John chapter one. Uh, we're going to start at verse twelve. John chapter one, verse twelve says. But as many, rece- as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. So that's us, we're children of God. The qualifier, it says, to those who believe in his name. Amen, that's the qualifier, believe in his name. Verse 13, I love verse 13, it says, Who were not born of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man. What are we born of? It says, but we're born of God. Amen. That's so amazing. What's that talking about? It's talking about our born-again spirits. Our bodies aren't renewed, um, yet our minds are continually being renewed. But the moment we get born again, whether you're 10 seconds old in the Lord, 10 years old in the Lord, your spirits are 100% born of God. And I was meditating on that phrase, of God, of God, and (laughs) I was brought back to a funny childhood memory and um, I remember having a conversation with some of my friends at school and they were talking about the, the um, meaning of their names and they all had like these really cool meanings, like one of my friends' name. I kind of remember what the actual name was, but I remember the meaning and it was uh, one of the moons in Jupiter. And I thought, that's so cool. So I went home and said, Mum, what does my name mean? And she said, of God. And I thought, oh. <laughs> boring you know as a kid a rebellious kid (laughs) but now you know that's all of us we are all if we are in Christ Jesus we're all born of God and I'm just going to lay a bit of a foundation here guys and then we're going to build up and talk about our identity and get into the real good stuff so this is just kind of like a refresher I guess for some for some it might be something new that you'll hear so our human spirit before we were born again versus our, our born again spirit they're completely different. It's not like God just did a bit of a Band-Aid job and kind of patched it up and we've still got, a, you know, that, that bit of brokenness in our spirit. It's completely brand new. It's like comparing a fake tree to a real tree. You know, on the outside, they kind of look, look similar, but, you know, one's completely dead and one's alive. Um, so we're now temples of the Holy Spirit, whereas we were uh, just a human spirit. We are now alive to God, whereas before we were dead to God. We're now righteous um, before we were dead in our trespasses and sin. Now we have a heart of flesh. Before, the Bible says, before we were born again, we had a heart of stone. And this is my favourite one. It says, it actually says in Romans uh, 7, 
7.22. don't know where I've got that, but I'll just say it now. Romans 7.22, it says, um, we delight in the law of God in the inward man. And that's where Paul's talking about, you know, what I want to do, I don't end up doing. And what I do want to do, I end up doing. And he's kind of talking about this, this uh, fight that's going back and forth between uh, our flesh uh, and the born-again spirit. But this is where we can start talk about start to talk about identity because our born-again spirits, it says, delight in the law of God. So if you're a believer this morning, in your heart, you actually delight in the law of God. And that's an amazing truth to get hold of. You know, so we're all at different levels of walking out these truths, but again, we're brand new in him. And you know, just a perfect example of this. I remember, um, I, you know, I grew up a Christian, but I did have a period where I walked away from God for quite some time. And, you know, when I was younger, before I was married without kids, I remember being in a nightclub and I just had this moment where I was sort of looking around and just thinking, everyone seems really okay with what's going on right now. And, you know, it's party and drinking and whatever else, just, you know, the worldly scene. And I just remember thinking, why can't I be okay with this you know it's like I was trying to fit in but in my my born again spirit I I wasn't delighting in what was going on around me amen I remember I led my um, nana to the Lord just before she passed away Um, you know having conversation with her and I said nana you know if you accept Jesus into your heart you're going to know where you go go when you die you know do you want to receive him and she said yes and I remember praying with her and it was such a sweet moment and my nanny used to swear, swear quite a bit and she also used to um, use Jesus' name as a swear word. Um, but I remember after she prayed that prayer, it was about an hour later, she went to do what she would normally do and she didn't need to say anything, but she, she, she swore, you know, she said the name of Jesus, not crying out to him, but she said it as a swear word. And it was like she just stopped and she was like, and I didn't say anything but it's just an example of what I'm, what I'm talking about. We now have God's spirit inside of us, a brand new nature, amen, and he leads us and guides us. And it's not, to, you know, in that moment, God wasn't like, that's bad. It was like, let me show you what's good, amen. Um, so we'll keep reading John chapter 1. We'll go to verse 14 to 17. So it says, And now the word became flesh and dwelt among us, talking about Jesus. And it says, And we beheld his glory... The glory as of the only begotten Father. Let's see what Jesus is full of. I love this. He's full of grace and he's full of truth. Amen. Who doesn't want to be around someone that's full of grace and truth? Yes, give me more of that, Lord. Verse 15 says, And John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, or he was before me. Verse 16, and this is where we can start to build on our born-again spirits and what he's done. Verse 16 says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. So it says we've all received. If you're you're born again this morning, you've all received out of his fullness and grace for grace. Verse 17 says, And the law was given through Moses, what came through Jesus. If you've got it in there, say it with me. But grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. Came through Christ Jesus. That's so good. And that's where we see his nature there. So 
hardship didn't come through Jesus, bondage didn't come through Jesus, that's not of him. Grace and truth came through Jesus. And notice that it doesn't say we're not all waiting to receive. It says we have all received in our born-again spirits, amen. And I'm just going to read from the Amplified in verse 16 where it says of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. The Amplified says, for out of his fullness, the superabundance of his grace and his truth, we have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favour upon favour, and gift heaped upon gift. Wow. That's what we've received, guys. That's so amazing. You know, it's not like we're trying to get something from the outside to come in. Amen. He's already on the inside. It's just about getting the outworking of the the truths and the born-again spirit that we have. And, you know, we can't add to the truth of who we are in Christ. We can't take away from the truth of who we are in Christ. But what we can do is walk in it. You know, just like that picture that I had this morning down the beach, it's about positioning ourselves in his promises. We all have access to the word. Amen. So we can choose to walk in it. Uh, Let's go to Colossians 2.9. It's the same thing, but it's said in a different way. Colossians 2.9, whoever's uh, following along there. Colossians 2.9 to 10 says, For in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, I love this. It says, and you are complete in him. Where are we complete? In him, who is the head of all principality and power. The Amplified in verse 10 says, And you are complete in him. You are made full, having come to the fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the, with the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. I just love that he wanted us so close that he made uh, us to have completion in him. Isn't that amazing? So this is where we can start to talk about our identity. We're complete in him. You know, I remember when I started to really get a revelation of who I was in Christ. (laughs) And I just think of that verse that says, um, if I'm out of my mind, it's for God. But if I'm I'm in my right right mind, it's for you. And I just went for about two or three weeks and it was like God continued to show me who I was in him, all these different verses. And I remember going to someone, another Christian, and just being like, I think it was Siobhan actually, I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, and I remember saying to her, I'm complete in God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I just was blurting out all these truths that the Holy Spirit had quickened to me, but were actually becoming a reality to me. (laughs) And she was like, that's not like super polite, but yeah, that's what the Bible says. But the point is we all have to get a revelation of this for ourselves So I'm going to go through a few scriptures here and I just want you to write them down because if you don't have a revelation of who you are in Christ, meditate on some of these scriptures, guys. This is what will change your life because he wants his church found in him. Amen. It says that uh, when he comes back that we don't know what we shall be like, but we know we shall be like him. Amen. When he comes back for the bride. So when we read the word... We see him, we see Jesus, we see Jesus revealed, but we also see ourselves in the New Testament, you know, from the epistles, it's showing, and Paul's talking about what the church is like, Peter's talking about what the church is like, who we are. So we see him and we see ourselves in the word. 
All right, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I wonder if you knew that I was going to go here. This is like the classic new creation scripture, but it's amazing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, we're going to start... I actually only had three, of, three verses down, but then the more I read it, I'm, I'm like, I want to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to. Um, but we're going to start in verse 14. Okay, so verse 14 says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. This is talking about us dying to our old nature. You know, when you got born again, you died to insecurity, you died to fear, you died to sickness, you died to bondage, all these things that hold us down. This is what it's talking about. If one died for all, all died. It's, all that stuff is no longer who you are in Christ. Let's go on. Verse 15 says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but should live for him who died for them and rose again. Talking about Jesus. Verse 16 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him thus no longer. That's an amazing statement. We know no one according to the flesh. You know, that's talking about when, when God looks down and he sees us, he's continually calling us into Christ Jesus. And, you know, if we, if we walk in this and, and have a revelation of this, when we even look at others and see the body of Christ, we're not regarding them in the flesh. We're doing the same thing that God does, calling them into the promises. People generally know what's wrong with them, you know, we as believers need to come along and tell them what's right with them, and that's him. Amen. Uh, so we're at verse 17. Love this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I hate to keep stopping, but I just have to stop there. Notice how it says, uh, old things have passed away, and then it says, behold. What are we beholding? Are we beholding the old things that are passed away? Or are we beholding the fact that all things have become new? That's what we behold as believers. The more we focus on that, we more, the more we hold up the mirror as a word, that's what we're beholding. That's what we're going to uh, have our minds renewed to the truths of who we are in Christ. Verse 18 says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Again, Jesus did it, not us and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So this is when we start to see the outworking of our faith. Because we're born again, because we're found in Christ, he then gives us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19 says, That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. And what's he doing? He's not imputing their trespasses to them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Amen. Verse 20 says, And now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And, you know, it's interesting in verse 20 that it talks about, you know, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, so this is where we find ourselves as believers. It doesn't say that first. You know, it talks about that, you know, we we're new creations, we're brand new, we behold the new. Because he's done that, we can then become ambassadors. 
You know, and this is when we talk about um, you don't go out there and do something for God for an identity. You do it from your identity. And if you get that the wrong way around, that's when you start trying to step out in the flesh, you know, under his grace because you're really trying to make things happen for yourselves instead of just walking out of that born-again spirit. He's already done it. Amen. So verse 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We can't be both. You can't be sin and you can't be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I think Di mentioned it, um, the scripture that says he was numbered among the transgressors. He was numbered among the transgressors, so we didn't have to be. Amen. We are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if the enemy will come after anything, he'll come after your right standing with God. This is something, this is the core of, you know, if we're going to go out and show the world what we're like, it's got to come from this place of I'm righteous. He did it. I didn't do it. I get to walk in it. Because it says in the word, um, he wants us according to the riches of his grace. It's got to be according to what he's done, not according to how good I can try and be or what I can try and do. We'll always find ourselves coming short there. Amen. Talking about identity, um, just a little funny story. The kids um, every year, or in the lower primary anyway, they do a, um, a Mother's Day poster and it's all about your mum. <laughs> and this is just so hilarious. Last year, I can't even remember which, which one of our girls it was, but um, I'm just going to read it to you. <laughs> because, you know, the world thinks identity comes from what you do, what you have, your job. You know, I'm a sports star. I've got this family surname. I'm The church is found in Christ, and that's it, you know? So... And this is, okay, so it's all about my mum. I wish I could show you guys, but I'm going to read it instead. It says, actually, it was a few years ago because I'm older than this this now, but it says, my mum is 32 years old and they get the kids to fill out the blanks. The best thing she cooks is mince. When I'm at school, this is what, I think it was Alara. I'm pretty sure it was Alara. Alara says, she makes us morning tea. We like to play. She's written hide and seek together. (laughs) And this is quite sweet. (laughs) And the last question on there, it says, my mum is special because, and Greg and I just laughed at this, my mum is special because she is married to my dad. (laughs) That is actually what she wrote. I was like, well, okay, I'll take that. But, you know, the whole point of me sharing that is that we have an identity in Christ. Amen. And who knows that Jesus had an identity before he stepped into his earthly ministry. He was a son. And you know when God came down and he said, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased with? That was before Jesus stepped into his earthly ministry. God is pleased with you because he sees you in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's such rest in this, having this mindset of who we are in him. All right, let's go to... So I'm going to start talking about beholding all things that are new, who we are in Christ. Let's start seeing ourselves in the scriptures. These are the some of the scriptures that um, you guys can meditate on. They're amazing. So we'll start with Ephesians 4.22. Ephesians 4.22, and we'll read down to verse 24. It says, "...that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, 
And then 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Amen. So that's like where it says in Romans 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then verse 24, this is amazing. It says, and that you put on the new man. Let's see how we're created and what we're like. It says, you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is our identity in Christ. You're created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is who we are in Christ, who we are in the spirit, guys. All right, let's look at another. Genesis 1.26. You don't need to turn there. I'm only going to read one verse. Genesis 1.26 says, And let us make man in our image, in our image, according to our likeness. Amen. We're made in his image according to his likeness. And then it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every cattle and over all the earth. And there's just so many scriptures that talk about who we are in Christ. Who knows the fruits of the Spirit? My daughter's actually got a shirt on that says the fruits of the Spirit this morning. I didn't tell her to put it on. Hey, Lara, come show, show your shirt. <laughs> put her on the spot there. I can read it from that instead of my Bible. So it says, Galatians 5, 23 says, Joy, love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Thank you, darling. That's who we are in the spirit, guys. <laughs> well done, Alara. So, you know, if I, if I do sin, if I find myself falling into something that I shouldn't, if I find myself falling short in insecurity and doubt, we're not to take that up as our identity because that's what the enemy does. He'll, you know, he will entice your flesh, he'll stir your flesh when we, if we fall, when we fall, and then he'll dump it on us and say, this is who you are, look at what you did. Look. You know, I always say to my kids, you are not bad, you did something bad, but you're not bad. Amen. So we're not to take our shortcoming up as our identity. 2 Corinthians 4.9 says... And this is the Apostle Paul talking. And I always read this and thought, gosh, that sounds a bit depressing. What's he talking about? <laughs> so 2 Corinthians 4.9 says, For we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. This is having a picture of an attitude of breakthrough. We're all waiting for breakthrough in some area. But it's like, you know, the enemy will try and stop us from going forward just because we're waiting for a breakthrough somewhere. And again, our identity, because it comes from him and everything that he's done, just because you're waiting for a breakthrough, just because, you know, oh, I want to be set free from this thing or that thing, it's not your identity. You know, I used to have a drinking problem and there's no shame in that because it's not my identity, it's not who I am. I'm not a Christian that, you know, this, oh, I used to have this, I used to have that. That's not my identity. Never let your past become your identity. You know, the moment we come to Christ, it's all wiped away, guys. So it's a continual thing to have our minds renewed to who we are in the spirit, who we are in Christ. Okay, and this is my last point. I'm going to wrap it up soon. going to get real with you guys because that's, you know, everyone's going through something, so I'm going to share something that I went through. Uh, it's about four years ago, and, you know, I started to kind of get hold of some of the truths in the Word of God about, you know, loving others and love your neighbour and, you know, starting to get hold of who we are in Christ. And, 
And then a little test come along. <laughs> and I remember being at work and I was believing for, for two or three things. And I'm, you know, God, I'm just really going to believe this is going to happen. And then someone in my workplace came in over the period of maybe two, three weeks. And it was like everything that I was believing for, this person was getting. And I'm like, and I... I'm like, how nice we're to love everyone. But I just started to have like this jealous thing going on. And I thought, how disgusting is that? You know, I'm, I'm new in Christ. I'm supposed to love my enemy. And then because I was sort of sat on this feeling for too long, it's not the feeling, it's not the truth. It's just a feeling. We've got to remember that as well. Because I sat on this thing for too long, I started to take it on again as my identity. Oh, you know, I've just, I'm delayed in my, my spiritual growth now. I've, I've doing this, I can't. And I just started to feel so condemned about, you know, feeling jealous. And this is what the enemy does, you know. But I remember God took me to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy 1.7. And it says, For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, you know, a lot of the time when I'm reading that verse, I read it to my kids at night if they get a bit scared. I'm like, guys, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, you know, and, and we use it like that. But God took me to this. And he showed me who I was. And he said, Jess, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that word love there is the agape love of God. Every single one of us in our born-again spirits has that agape love for other people. And then he took me to Matthew 6, 27 to 30. And you can turn there if you want because we're going to read a few verses in it. Matthew Matthew 6, 27 to 30. So then he took me to this and he shows me this. And he says, Which one of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, Uh, and tomorrow thrown in the oven, will he not much more, see there's that word again, much more, much more clothe you, O you of little faith. You know, we normally talk about this scripture when we're talking about provision and what God provides for us, but this is also an illustration of uh, who we are in the spirit. You know, it's like God was saying to me, I've given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. This is who you are. Come back to this place. And it's, it's, again, it's about beholding the new man. I'm going to share one little testimony and then we'll uh, wrap it up. Just talking about, you know, letting the love of God flow out of us. It's who we are in the spirit. He's already done it. And, you know, when we have a revelation of that, we can start to walk in it. And I remember I used to have a little market stall down at the market selling kids' clothes. And I remember this one Saturday morning, I had a lady come in um, and she bought quite a few things and uh, there was just one size of a, some pants that I didn't have. And I said, well, I can drop it off to you if you want because she was staying at one of the resorts quite close to where we live. And, you know, the more I was talking to this lady, the more I just started to feel the love of God for her. And I just knew the Holy Spirit wanted to do something. And this is when we can start to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, they come out of our spirit because Holy Spirit's in there. And anyway, I knew we kind of wanted to do something. And I was like, and I just, 
a lot of the time when you're operating the gifts of the Spirit, it just, it's just like this feeling. You're like, God, I know you want to do something here. And I just started to think, you know, wow, this lady's really special. But it was because I was seeing her how God was seeing her. So anyway, I said to her, yeah, I can drop that off. That's no worries. She paid up. I got the address. Um, and I was going to drop it off that afternoon. And in the afternoon, I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, okay, what do you, I know you want to do something, God. Can it not be something super radical? Can I just, can it just be like, you know, oh, don't want to put myself out there too much. Who's been there? <laughs> but a lot of the time, you know, the more we put ourselves out there, you know that saying that says fruit always hangs out on a limb? <laughs> I love that. Anyway, so I was like, okay, whatever you want to do, God, let's do it. And I just heard him say, you know, I want you to give her all the money back. And, you know, I'm not saying this because, oh, look what I did. It's just an example of how God wants to move through us. I want you to give her all the money back. And I want you to actually give her a little bit more money and just bless her. And I thought, that's so radical. Like, no, she's going to be like, why? This is weird. I was like, okay, I'll be obedient, though, God, you know. <laughs> anyway I went to a hotel room and and then it's like Holy Spirit will just take over because he's in us amen and he did and and it's like he was the gifts of the Spirit started to flow and and God just was speaking through me and you know I said to this lady uh, you know, I just feel like you've gone through a really rough time and I see sleepless nights and and it actually turns out that her son was very sick um, and I was said, so, you know, there was words of knowledge. It was just being able to really bless this lady, but it's because he's inside of us. It's almost harder to, you know, when you think about a river stopping a river, you know, stopping the flow, it's almost harder to do that. It's like just get a re revelation of who we are in him and just let him flow out of us because he's already done it. Amen. And anyway, this lady was so blessed. Turns out she was a believer that had walked away and, you know, God just used it to just... She was just so completely overwhelmed with what God did and, you know, I just love that. I'm just going to read one more scripture and then we'll, um, then we'll close. We'll wrap it up. <laughs> Philippians 1, 21, 22 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labour. Yet what shall I choose? I cannot tell. So Paul's saying, here, if I'm here, if I'm a born-again believer, I'm going to be fruitful. That, that's, does that period finish? If I'm here, I'm fruitful. He wasn't saying that because he was like, I am amazing. He actually said, you know, in Philippians, I actually count all that that I've done in the past as dung. You know, he could say this, that I'm, if I'm here, I'm going to be fruitful. He was saying that because of who lived inside of him. Amen. The greater one lives in us. And Paul even said somewhere else, it's by the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen. That's us as believers, guys. That's something to get so excited about.